0: Emmanuel, God with us, be among us. Restore us and revive us. Guide and guard us. Be ever present with us. Amen. We're here this evening in this sacred and holy place, on this most sacred and holy night, to tell again our cherished story. We tell this story on this evening in many different ways. We tell it through familiar words, in jubilant song, through vibrant flowers and luminous candles, in bombastic joyful moments, and in the quiet ponderings of our hearts, and in bread made body, and in wine made blood. It's a story we know so well. Probably all of us could tell it by heart. It's actually engraved on our hearts. It's imprinted on our souls something that we cherish and that we love. This evening we hear the tale from the Gospel of Luke. And our story begins with a census. The author of Luke is taking us and putting us into human history here He's saying that this is about us and for us. Then we hear about the journey to Bethlehem, the lack of room in Jesus' birth. And so far there's nothing in particular that's miraculous that's happened. We're not told that Mary doesn't suffer pain and difficulty. We don't hear about light shining in the stable. The angels don't attend the holy family. All we're told is when she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a an manger. There really isn't any drama or flair around his birth. It's just a normal birth, something that happens all the time, all over the world, each and every day. But then the scene shifts. We change locations. We leave that fable, and we go outside, and the miraculous drama occurs out in the fields. This is actually where the bulk of our story takes place. This time, reading it through, I realize most of what we have tonight is about the shepherds, not necessarily about Jesus and Mary and Joseph. We hear about these shepherds watching over their flocks by night, resplendent angels coming down to earth. I think it's strange that we don't hear more details about Jesus, that we're not stuck in the cozy confines of the stable, but we're here in the vast openness of nature, not with the family of the Holy Child, but with strangers going about their daily work, shepherds, We have to ask ourselves, you know, why shepherds? Wouldn't there have been better choices that the angels could have gone to? More appropriate people? Why not the people who worked in town nearby or the dignitaries in Jerusalem? Jerusalem's not that far away. Something befitting the momentousness of this event. But we find shepherds, of course, this image is rich in the Hebrew scriptures, How often have we identified God with the good shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so we have shepherds out in the fields, our story focusing on these everyday, ordinary people. Then all of a sudden we have the extraordinary. An angel comes down from heaven, a messenger of God appears, And then the glory of the Lord shines around them. The glory of the Lord, this bright divine light that comes from the throne of God, comes down to heaven and surrounds them and drives out the darkness of the night. The expression of God brings heaven to earth. And it's not just some sort of nebulous apparition, but the actual creation of a piece of heaven here on earth, the immortal stooping down to the mortal dramatized in the ordinary field in front of ordinary people. A radical action that goes against what we would think would be appropriate, or dare I say, liturgically correct. It's not about the holy coming, to a group of people gathered in a resplendent, sacred place, dressed in their finest clothes, offering the best that can be, fashioned from human hands, but just people, people doing their job, taking care of animals in the wilderness. I imagine their hands were probably grimy from work, perhaps they carried some of the ovine smell about them, maybe their clothes weren't the freshest, maybe they had been out there for a while. And this, that place is where heaven comes to earth. Not in the palaces of Jerusalem, but in this scandalous fashion out in a field. The angel is joined by others, and they begin their heavenly worship right here on earth, joined by the shepherds in this divine praise. They proclaim glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. The heavenly liturgy sung by other worldly voices occurs in the denial witnessed by ordinary people in the everydayness of their lives. It's a moment that we have the pleasure of repeating again and again and again every time we gather here. We did it this evening. We took up the angelic song. We sing glory to God in the highest. We celebrate this sacred coming into the midst of profane, of God coming to us right where we are, a glimpse of heaven on earth in this place. What a thought that is, that every time we gather, we enact up this drama, that through our words we pick up the eternal song of the angels, bring heaven to us right here. And just as suddenly as the angels appeared, they return to heaven and the shepherds are left alone. And then what do they do? They go. They go as fast as they can to Bethlehem to see what God's messenger had told them about. They go just as they are. We don't hear about them going home and cleaning up and changing their clothes to somehow make themselves more presentable or to gather presents or to cook food, they go in haste. They go in the ordinary humanness of themselves and they find Jesus lying in a manger with his mother and father. Tonight, on this holy night, I believe that the invitation for us is to step in those shoes of the shepherds we are ordinary people going about our ordinary lives. The divine, the sacred breakthrough, comes down to us this evening. We can join in the angel song proclaiming glory to God in the highest because God is here with us Emmanuel. We join in the shepherd's hope as they race to the table to see if this really is true. It's as if through our liturgical actions this evening we're living out the story. Heaven coming to earth. And here in this evening we glimpse the glory of the Lord. But I'm afraid sometimes we can lose ourselves in all of this. Because all of this—the angels, the glory of God—all of this this evening, our beautiful music, the resplendent decorations, the familiar holy words—they're not the point. Just as the angel's appearance wasn't the point, not the main event, so are all these trappings. They're meant to inspire us. They're meant to lift us up, encourage us to fall, follow, and. Shepherds' footsteps and go. Because going is the point. Going to Bethlehem. Going to the manger. Going to the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes is what we are called to do. We come as we are. In our seemingness, with the parts of ourselves that may not feel clean enough or good enough or holy enough, we still go. We come this evening with the enthusiasm of people touched by God and all those parts of us are welcome to feel the manger. It's the encounter with Christ, with this baby, with God wrapped in human flesh that is important. The child that is born to us to save us, to heal us, to redeem us, to make us whole, to bring us back into right relationship with God. This is what we have come to see, to experience, and to share. And pray this evening for each and every one of us that we may be filled with the eagerness of those shepherds. That the touch of transcendence we experience here tonight urges us to rush to the stable, in all that we are, because there, in that final kind of child, we will find the fulfillment of our hopes, the completion of our desires, and a love that knows no limit.